Welcome to the Run for God podcast, the 5K Challenge, a 12-week journey from the couch to the 5K finish line. Isn't it awesome when you get halfway through with something? Well, that's exactly where we are right now on the Run for God 12-week challenge. You're getting from the couch to the 5K race, and here we are at week number seven. We're over halfway. Hi, I'm Ted, your host here with you, and hopefully the running is getting easier. Just remember, it's still exercise, so it's not supposed to be too easy, okay? You're still going to hurt from time to time. And uh, get that 5K challenge materials, all those that are available at runforgod.com. Today, we're going to talk about motivation since we're halfway through you know the gyms are full in january and then you can find the closest parking spot to the door by february usually why well because people have a hard time getting motivated and then staying motivated and so we're going to try to address that issue today hopefully it's not been a problem for you in any of this running so far of course i'm here with mitchell hollis dean thompson from run for god mitchell what does everybody need to know before we get started today well hopefully by now everyone has created a a routine that includes several different things number one uh planning for the week by answering the questions at the beginning of each chapter you know, planning, it's also a, a, another way of saying short-term goals. Yeah. Um, I, I love, there's a video out there that I saw a few weeks back. Um, you can find it on YouTube, but it's a, it's a Navy SEAL admiral, and it's called Make Your Bed. I saw that. And, that. and he's yeah. actually written a whole book, but he basically the premise of this very motivational speech, I, I encourage everybody to go find it, um, was that making your bed is that first goal in the morning. You, you've accomplished something. Um, so that's that's just one of those goals that, you, not that you need to write down to make your bed, right. but, but forecasting through the week, what are the things that I need to get done? So that's very important to make those very short-term goals. Um, reflect back on the previous week, especially the successes. Sure. Figure out what worked. What did you eat that week? What made you feel good? You know, on that same token, though, write down anything that might make you feel bad so you don't do that again. Um Read the story each week ahead of time before this podcast and answer the questions. You can kind of follow along with us and, and read the educational portion of each chapter. Um, like Ted said, running should be easier by now, um, it, but it shouldn't be easy. It should be easier, er, but it shouldn't yeah. be easy. You know, people always say, when is this going to get easy or when is it going to get easier? I had a, a lady in, I think, my first class and. She's a very forward, outspoken young lady. And she said, Mitchell, when is this going to get easier? <laughs> and I said, well, I think we were at about the same point. I think we were in week eight when she asked this question. We were about to do a 20-minute run. And I said, well, look back to week one and think about if you had to go out and you had to run 60 seconds today. Would that be easier today than it was in week one? And she said, well, yeah. And I said, well, it's gotten easier. It's just you're continuing to push your body, so it doesn't necessarily feel like it's getting easier. But if you would have thought about a 20-minute run seven, eight weeks ago, you would have said that's impossible. So you got to kind of change your perspective on, on what easy is. I remember going back and forth with a lady in my class one time. I would say, I'd say, it's getting easy, isn't it? And she would go, er, it's getting easier. <laughs> you know, it's the difficulty that makes it worth it if it were easy you know everybody says if it's easy everybody will be doing it but if it's if it were too easy you wouldn't feel like you'd accomplish much yeah so let's get right down to it today what's the story for the week well this story for this week is um the main story is called jesus wept and this was written by a 
a lady in California who is one of our great supporters. She's probably one of my favorite people that I've never met. Um, her name is Irene Tang, and, and Irene has a blog called Running God's Race. If anybody's interested, go sure. looking at that. Um, she, she's helped with Run for God for so many years. She's written stories, devotionals, uh, and she's just an incredible lady. But the story is called Jesus Wept. It's not just the shortest verse. <laughs> that was one of the first verses we could quote in school, right? Was uh, Jesus Wept. Yeah. We could remember that one. You know, Irene talks about memorization. She was a a Christian school teacher at one time, and she jo- jokes about all the ways that she um, that she thought about assigning that verse on April Fool on April Fool's Day, obviously to her class. But anyway, she talks about how difficult it is, particularly for her to memorize scripture. Yeah. But she says that running has has helped her with her memorization. You know, it's one thing we actually talked about in in one of our previews to this podcast. Um, But she gives an example of how the Holy Spirit has helped her to remember verses as she spends her hours running. She talks about one particular time when she heard footsteps behind her as she was running, and, and she eventually recognized that it was some guys from the fire department in their, their blue shirts and yellow shorts carrying walkie-talkies. <laughs> and after she thought about trying to keep pace with them, she heard laughter. No, it wasn't coming from the group, but it was coming from her head. It was her common <laughs> sense uh, making her understand that you can't keep up with those guys. And uh, she goes on to talk about as they, as they blew past her, she pictured them and their five fire, firefighting gear rushing towards a dangerous fire. And that and the verse of Scripture in Psalms 138, where God talks about his hand of protection, yeah. came to her mind as she prayed for their safety. And throughout that hilly run, verse after verse popped into her head. And each of those were followed by a face and a name that she could associate those verses with. Oh, that's cool. And as she prayed for each person in the situation, she felt that almost like her heart was going to burst with excitement. Yeah, I'd love that about running, that it's a, it's a way for you to be out and alone. And, and, and God's thoughts are, you know, it's, it's so neat to, for him to, to implant those thoughts in us. Of course, sometimes when we're out running, that thought is, Lord, please help me get home. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say by now, in, in our, our week number seven here, you first were saying, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And now hopefully God is speaking to you a little bit more and giving you some more of those positive things. Yeah, and you know, Irene takes it a step further, and she talks about how— you know, God just placed a few people on her heart to pray for, and and, and she just felt it um, so overwhelming that, you know, just those few people for one human, she, she was just imagining what God must be going through all the time and all the prayers that he hears on a daily basis and, and how um, he's able to do that. I mean, he's God. She talks about how it humbles her to think about that. She remembers hearing about um, how being humble. She was she was reminded how her her concept of humbleness was changed when um, she read a description of being humble, and it was knowing who you are in relation to God. Yeah. And that really changed her perspective on what being humble is. That's a much different definition than most of us think about when we think about the word humble. But it's knowing who you are in relation to God that will humble you. Sure. Um, and she once found a particular verse that kept coming uh, to the forefront of her mind, and it was out of James five sixteen, and it says, "The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much." And she was had always been reluctant to share that verse. 
because of one word. Let me see if I can pick it out. Righteousness? Righteous. Yeah. And and she thought that it wouldn't be humble of her to share that verse. Uh, but knowing that she had an inaccurate view of what the word humble meant at one time, um, she thought that she might need to go find out what righteous actually meant. So she looked it up. Um, she did that by looking at different translations of James 5.16, and she realized that her thoughts on the word righteous were misplaced too. She found a version that said, the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. When a believing person prays, great things will happen. That's right. Um, I mean, who wouldn't want their prayers to be powerful and produce great things? So, so okay, we started out with Jesus wept. Are we getting back to that? Well, I'm getting to it. Yeah, I mean, she, the, the verse Jesus wept is about the story of when Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. And Irene talks about how she knew the verse but never really thought about what it said. Jesus actually wept. Yeah. He cried. But why? I mean, Jesus knew that he could and would raise Lazarus from the dead. So why would Jesus cry? Why is there a verse in the Bible that says Jesus wept? And it's because he wants, he wants us to know how much he loves us. He wants us to know that he not only sees our tears, but he feels them. When you connect that feeling with our prayers, um, you realize that, that God feels our prayers and, and we pray from our hearts. You know, I always compare our relationship with Jesus Christ as our relationship with a child or with a parent. If you have a young child, then you can relate to this, but everybody can relate to a relationship with a parent. Um, when your child cries, many times it's because of things that you know are kind of inconsequential or irrelevant sure. or, or they're, they're crying over, you know, they they their puppy dog is feeling sick. You know the puppy's going to get better, but it, it, it hurts you to see them in pain. And I sure. think that that's exactly like our relationship with Christ. He, you know, Jesus knew that what Lazarus' family was, was crying over. He knew that in 10 minutes' time yeah. they were going to be jumping for joy, but it, it hurt him to know that they were in pain. And that's just a great um, description of, of, of our relationship with Christ. Yeah, that's an incredible story. Irene talks about how the Holy Spirit, and, and she references John 14, 26, where we're told that the Holy Spirit will be sent to teach us. So in running, just an incredible, great activity that you can do while listening for the Holy Spirit's instruction while you're out running. Yeah, it's probably one of the best features of running. The idea of being alone with your thoughts means when you focus on Him during that time, He'll usually help clear some things up in your head. Uh, maybe that's why the Holy Spirit is called the helper in yeah. that verse. You know, Irene also asked the question, do you feel your prayers are powerful and effective? You, you know, we like to think so, but I think one of the things that Irene was trying to convey was that we should believe it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, many times we, the, the world or Satan will, will try to convince us not to believe it, but we should because the Bible tells us that it's true. Yeah. Of course, she points out the caveat that prayers are powerful and effective to a righteous person or a person living right with God. We've got to have that right relationship with Christ. Uh, when we are focused on doing His will, I'm convinced that our prayers are powerful. She goes on to ask, do you think Jesus was there with you the last time you cried? I, I know He was, Ted. Um, and I believe that He always is because when our hearts are broken, 
so are his. It goes back to the example I just gave of when your child cries, it, it hurts you. Uh, no matter what the situation is, it does hurt. So it's it's hard to understand how he could fo- focus so much energy on every person, but that's why he's God and we're not. Amen. Amen. Irene, thank you so much for that story, an incredible story. And, and I know that blesses so many people that are listening right now. When you think about stories, we all love to rally around great stories. Like, for example, how about the story of how God used a construction worker from Dalton, Georgia, named Mitchell, to start a nationwide ministry called Run for God? Well, you can check out that video of Mitchell's story and many other stories at comeonletsgo.com. So everybody I know who exercises struggles at times with motivation. The internet, you can go there, and it's loaded with all kinds of things to motivate us. So today, we're going to talk about motivation. What can we do to stay motivated to run? Dean? Well, motivation, you know, comes down to priorities, comes down to time and how we use our time. Um, I hear people tell me all the time, I just don't have time to run, Um and then a few minutes later, I hear I'm talking about a program they watched on television the night before. And, you know, those two don't yeah. go together. Um, the truth is, is we can find time to do whatever we want to do. So the, the question is, is what do we want to do? Um, are, are, we, are we really just saying everything else is more important or um, can we actually find time? And I've always looked at it like this. We have had presidents of the United States that have had time to run nearly right. every day. Right. Um, if they can find time, then pretty much any of us can find time if we want to. Um, but the motivation is a little bit more than that. You, you know, motivation is what causes us to act. Um, it, it, when we're hungry, that's what causes us to eat, is a motivation to, to be nourished and yeah. to, to get energy. Um, so it's a little more than just a desire to do something. Um, it helps a lot when we feel a need uh, to do that thing. And so if we can get past just a desire to want to be healthier and feel a need because God commands us to be healthier, to treat our body like a temple, if we can, if we can get to that point where we feel like we need that, it's a lot easier to get motivated. Um, still, it, it's, it's still tough, um, but uh, sometimes a, a post on social media will get us fired up and excited, yeah. but we can't rely on that all the time. So we have to go out there and find ways to motivate ourselves. What about you? What are some things that we can do that you found that can be motivating? Well, number one is I, I set goals. Uh, a matter of fact, an, uh, as Mitchell and I were headed here, I was telling him about some of my goals uh, because we, we want to share those goals, not only set goals, but share goals uh, to let folks know. Set short-term and long-term goals. I've got a goal for how many miles I want to run this week. I also have a goal for a race that I want to run in July. And so setting both of those goals is important. Um, when you decide what your destination is going to be, it's a lot easier to get there. I've always told folks, you know, I can go to Washington, D.C. I can get in a car and I can just start to drive north and hope I hit Washington, D.C., or I can get a map out or whatever app I, I use and and follow directions and get there a lot quicker. Um, that's the way it is with, with goals. It gets us there quicker. Also, an, another thing that you can do that's really, really effective is to find a running buddy. Find somebody who's in the boat with you, row in that boat in the same direction that you are, and it's really helpful if that person is 
got the same goals that you do. You know, I used to think about that too. When I had a, a weightlifting partner and it was a whole lot more difficult for me to skip the workout in the afternoon, knowing that Craig was going to be there in the gym on the elliptical waiting for me to get there so we could go work out and I could spot him and he could spot me and things. What about books? I mean, obviously the Run for God curriculum book is so motivating, but what about other books? Well, there's a ton of books out there. And anything that you want to know about running, there is a book about that subject um, from things in your mind to physical things. There are a lot of scriptural-based uh, 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 books too. Uh, Ryan Hall uh, has a book that he wrote just this past year. Yeah. Um, it's called Run the Mile You're In. Uh, great book, and there's a lot of them out there. Um uh, Go find one. Our devotions book. Don't forget about our devotions book. They got great stories. Wasn't there? I think in the last year there was a pretty big movie that came out not too long ago, and it was about running, wasn't it? Yes, and actually there were a couple last year. Um, Overcomer and Run the Race both came out this past year, um, as well as a couple of uh, another movie called The Perfect Race, which is not as well known. Um, but the, there's uh, there are several movies out there that are Christian based and running based movies. You have no excuse not to be motivated by those movies. Of course, I was always motivated when I remember when I was young. I was motivated by the Rocky movies. Oh yeah, of <laughs> I, course. Yeah, I can still hear my brain telling me when things get tough. You yeah. know, I, I can hear my my brain Dean's, saying. Dean's never caught the chicken though, I, not yet. So uh, <laughs> you know, in that that Overcomer movie was a great movie. I remember that one there. We did a screening of it at the radio station mm-hmm. uh, that I worked at there. It just did. An incredible movie the kendrick brothers i think is who, who put right. that out so great movie there too um let's see what else running quotes mitchell yeah i mean i like to read running quotes um and there's a there's a lot of different runners out there who have some pretty philosophical words ironically enough yeah and and um there's a lot of other things too one of one i was thinking about was uh find a race that's an odd distance Okay. Uh, there's a race close to me that's seven miles long. A seven mile race, and you don't find seven mile races out there. So that, that means six k. How would you? How would you? Uh, it's uh, it's less than twelve. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. like six and a half k. But it or excuse me, ten and a half k. But anyway, it's the idea is um, if you find that race, it, it's kind of motivating because I know if I've never run a seven miler before, I'm going to get a PR. Oh, there you go. That's right. Okay, now my wife would love this one here. What about buying new gear? You know, it's it's funny how my wife's motivation will kick up a notch or two when she's got a new pair of running shoes or workout attire. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I just I just bought some new gear um, and I've been fired up about it and it's it's gotten me out of the house pretty quickly. Uh, I'm a little more motivated to run than I normally am, which is u- usually pretty high. The what problem kind of- problem with that is you can't do that all the time. Right, exactly. It's expensive. Need to start the Run for God financial course. <laughs> what we need to do. If you want the perfect music to listen to while you run, check out J Radio. It's a music streaming platform with positive music in a variety of genres. If you like more worship or if you like more rock or you like whatever, there's there. And we even have running playlists that are there for you. And you can check it out, help you keep motivated to running. JRadio.com or in your app store. What about you guys? Music? I don't listen to it often, but occasionally I do. Um, and I love listening to music. And, and you know, praise music is a great way to stay motivated while you're running. When it, when it's getting difficult and you're praising Jesus, it gets a little easier. Yeah. Mitchell, what about you in music? Do you use a lot of music when you run? 
Uh, probably 50-50. Okay. Uh, depends on if, if I'm if I'm doing something hard, yeah, I want the music to kind of distract my mind. But if it's something easy, I like to unplug and just enjoy the scenery. Yeah. Dean, what else? As much as you run, are there some other things you like to do occasionally? Yeah. yeah, one thing I love to do is I like to explore. I like to just go out and find a place that I haven't been and run down roads I haven't rid- ran down and, and just explore. And, of course, you know, you've got to get to the point where you can run a fair distance to do that. But even even if you're only running for a mile or two at a time, um, go out there and, and, and find some uh, – you know, find someplace new to run because yeah. I get really excited about having a new place to run. When, when my wife and I go on vacation, I actually get up early in the morning and I go scout out where we're going to eat that evening. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I would caution you also to watch for those signs that say posted no trespassing <laughs> uh, and don't go exploring there. Right. <laughs> Funny story. My son, uh, we were in Hawaii a few years ago and we kind of do the same thing wherever we're staying. We just get up and go run from there and we ran up and people listening may know exactly where i'm talking about if you've ever been there but um we were running up this mountain and the the road started to get narrower and narrower and narrower and we started to feel like maybe we shouldn't be here and then all of a sudden we came up to a gate and it said uh no trespassing u.s military (laughs) and it was the highest point on this mountaintop or whatever it was and so obviously i get back home and i start looking up google earth and all i see is this little hole in the ground and i'm thinking was this some kind of you know nuclear silo? launch site or yeah. something like that so yeah don't don't pass those uh no trespassing <laughs> signs what about what about writing things down dean um yeah i think that it's always motivating to write things down because i know that if i don't write things down um that i have to admit that i didn't do what i wanted to do and so i think it's motivating to to write things down um keep a logbook. um it, it's a great way to uh to look back to and kind of reminisce on what you did along the way. Um, don't forget about the Run for God book, the, our, our student book. There's places to write it down in there, too. And even once you're done with this class and you're moving on, find a, find a way to write that stuff down. It's always helpful. Um, how about this one? Run in the rain. I know some people think that's crazy. I love running in the rain. But I love to run in the rain. Yeah. It's like being a little kid all over again, right? Stomping through the mud puddles. All the puddles. Yeah. Yeah, and and another idea is run from one place to another. Um, It kind of breaks up the monotony of, you know, you can only run around a track so many times. You can only do that two-mile loop outside your church so many times. You know, another good idea that that I used to do uh, when my kids were young and and they had ball practices, I would would run to their ball practice. You know, I would get... Mm -hmm. My wife would leave and go, and I would run, and I would be that crazy dude walking up at every ball practice all sweaty and, <laughs> and looks like he needs a bath. But that's, you know, just find different ways to break up the, the monotony that can come sometime from, from running. Yeah, been there and done that. The, uh, the bottom line for me is this, is when I get up in the morning, I've already made up my mind yeah. that I'm going to go run that day. And when you make up your mind, it goes back to what Mitchell talked about earlier in planning your week. If you've planned around it and you've planned to do it, uh, it makes it so much easier because then it's just not it's not a matter of am I going to run? It's a matter of when am I going to run? Um, It makes it so much easier. And maybe you make the decision something different, like, well, let's see, I can either run or or do the dishes. That makes it way easier. <laughs> my uh, my daughter gave me a book some time ago called uh, uh, Take the Day Off. And uh, it talked about how if you're wanting to take it, because I'm a workaholic. Uh, I'm, I'm a self-professed, hopefully recovering workaholic. <laughs> and uh, um, and I literally have to write down in my calendar, take do nothing. Right. Do wow. nothing this day. 
because if I've scheduled it, then I know I'm going to do it. And people call me and say, hey, Ted, what are you doing on Thursday? Nothing. So can we go out to eat? No. <laughs> well, you said you're not doing nothing. Exactly. I'm not doing nothing on that day. I've got to do that. And so when you plan your runs, you schedule runs, it helps you with the motivation there. Are there other ways to stay motivated? Yeah, and there, there's a lot more things in the book. If you if you look through the book, you'll see things from running vacations to visiting a running store. Um, get creative. There's a lot of different things that you can do to, to keep yourself motivated. Just remember this. There's almost no chance that you're going to get done with a run and say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Unless you go for a run with Dean Thompson. Oh, yeah. I, I've right, had yeah. a few of those runs where I get done and I say, I wish I wouldn't have ran with you because he's just so fast. Take it easy on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, um, it's 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 almost every time you do go for a run, um, you're, you're glad that you did. So um, now if you don't go run, a lot of times you'll say, I wish I had done that. Yeah, right. So yeah. The, I always say that, I want the pain of regret to be stronger than the pain of doing it. Um, and I know that sounds like kind of a negative motivator, uh, but it works good for me because I don't I, – I, I, I remember – it helps me in a race, for example, to push harder because I'll remember that time where I didn't push harder and I didn't do as well as I wanted to, and the regret I had afterwards thinking back, I think I could have done something better than I did. Um, you know, Dean, we just, we just had this conversation with our triathlon team Saturday morning, and I said – I was trying to get them to understand this concept of, of making the, the pain of the practice um, is making the pain of regret more than the pain that comes with the practice. And I said, everybody think back to that race, that race when you wish you would have trained harder, somebody beat you, you didn't get the time you wanted to be to have, or, or think back to that race. And everyone without exception could think back to that race, mm -hmm. which they wish they would have done something different or, or trained a little harder. And I said, okay, now take that same time period. If it was last year, try to think about that crazy hard workout you did during that same time period. And nobody could remember that workout. And it's because the pain of defeat or, or I wish I had is always greater than what it takes to get there. You know, so that the pain of that Missed opportunity is always going to be greater than that hard workout. Sometimes in the moment, it's hard to see that, but if you, that's why we've always got to look back at history. You know, look yeah. back at what you would have done different, and it's going to help you going forward. And that doesn't just go for somebody who's a competitive triathlete. That exactly. goes for, hey, I, I regret that I didn't get out to run yesterday, and I realize that I, instead I wrote, you know, I watched an episode of Insert Your Favorite uh, Comedy. Yeah. You know, it, it would feel a lot better to have done that run. Right. Exactly. All right, what about our quote for the week? Our quote for the week comes from Stephen Dolly Jr., and it is, the man who wants to do something will find a way. A man who doesn't will find an excuse. I've got in my office, make, today is a day you can, make a, you can make a way or you can make an excuse, but you can't have both. Right. That's right. One of those two there. All right, what about our workout for this week, Mitchell? All right, so uh, we're starting to ramp up here. You know, we had the last two weeks, we kind of stayed um, on the same playing field, but but this week we're going to start ramping things up, and I'm also going to give you a preview of the next week, week eight. Um, this week, all three workouts are not the same. Um, so workout number one, which will be the first workout you do this week, you're going to do your five-minute warm-up walk, and you're going to jog for five minutes, walk for three minutes, jog for five minutes, walk for three minutes, jog for five minutes, and then have your five-minute cool-down walk. 
on workout two and three of this week. You're going to do your five-minute warm-up walk. You're going to jog for eight minutes, walk for five minutes, and jog for eight minutes. Now, you're seeing a pattern here. The walking, I mean the, excuse me, the running times are getting a little bit longer. The walking breaks are getting a little bit shorter. Mm -hmm. Um, Week eight. Week eight is a big week, and I want you to go ahead. I don't want you to skip ahead to week eight, but I want you to go ahead and preview what's coming. Week eight is when we, we take out all the walking breaks, and we go to 20 minutes of running. Now, I know what most people are thinking because I've heard what most people say and say, they say, you're going from eight minutes of walking to 20 minutes of running. I can't do that. Well, it's it's all how you're looking at it. If you look at workouts two and three, it's 16 minutes of running with a three or a, uh, a five minute walking break. All we're doing is adding four minutes and pulling out that walking break. So So don't skip ahead to week eight and say, I can't do that. Because if you have followed this plan and you have done the workouts, I promise you, you can do that. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, and Mitchell knows this, that some of the best stories from Run for God come in week eight when somebody thinks they can't, and yeah, they do. I tell our instructors, you know, this is, this is just as big or bigger than the race you're going to graduate at. Because this is where people go from that I can't to I just did that. I ran yeah for 20 minutes, which so many people who take this course just think that that's pie in the sky, they can't do it. There's more tears on week eight, the night of week eight, than there are at the graduation races. And it's because Mm -hmm. it seems so monumental, and it is. I don't want to take anything away from the accomplishment here, but you've put the work in to get there, so you're ready for it. Hey, don't forget, if you're getting confused with all the walk times, jog times, rest times, and all that, the different weeks and things, it's all spelled out for you right there in the Run for God curriculum or on the Run for God app. And it even tells you when to stop, when to start, when to stop on the app. So get those materials together if you haven't already yet. And we'll see you back next week. And we'll have some major victories next week in week number eight. You've been listening to the Run For God podcast. To find out more, visit runforgod.com.